I am fascinated by what the extended version he felt oh needed to be God. extended. They chopped my film down. It's too short. It should have been four <laughs> to five hours. <laughs> Movie Court. Welcome to Movie Court, where we put the movies you love or hate on trial. Today we'll be deciding the fate of 2005's King Kong. It was generally well received, but it has seemed to have faded into obscurity in the 10 years since, which I can't believe this movie is already 10 years old. But today, Kyle Bornheimer, say hello, Kyle, Sup. wishes to bring this movie out of its obscurity and bring it into the pantheon of classic American movies. Is that safe to say, Kyle? Mm-hmm. And as always, our prosecutor, Steve Kruger, is on hand. Say hello, Steve. Good morning. And he is here to effectively demolish this three-and-a-half-hour opus from uh, director Peter Jackson. Since Kyle is bringing this up for appeal, I'd like to hear your side first, Kyle. There was one thing that Peter Jackson had to get right in the retelling of King Kong, and that is King fucking Kong. And I think it is hard to argue that he didn't do that in this movie. And furthermore, had a wonderful vision of Kong's, we'll call it relationship, with and Daryl, wonderfully and memorably played by Naomi Watts, a performance that I think goes down as iconic as Fay Ray's original. And I'm glad that the Citizens Against Movie Injustice has brought this case to my attention so that I may help and release this movie beast from the shackles of cinematic imprisonment. All right, Steve Kruger, you are on, sir. Well, that was a great speech, and I, I thought that was filled with words and sentences <laughs> and thoughts. But the bottom line about this movie is it is a piece of fetid garbage. And That's your favorite word, prosecutor. Fetid comes out of this courtroom a, a lot. It's a good word. It's a good word. Some of my <laughs> Ivy League friends use it, so it makes me sound real smart. But speaking of school... I Humble brag. have three and a half years of college and almost six years of high school, so I am a learned man. <laughs> and this movie took the Joseph Campbell myth way too seriously. It's like when you read The Fountainhead back in college and think you're the smartest guy sitting in the dorm lounge. The script is so focused on hitting those Campbellian points that it suffocates himself. Also, I will attack the era. Why it is set in the original time period of the first film, it made the story attack clunky. A, an entire era. I don't care for that era. I I would like to put that... It's not one of the best. The, right. No, it's one of, not one of our best eras. I would like to put... There was no need to set it in that time period. Era court. May I speak? May I, may I speak freely? I, I did not interrupt this fine man's speech. Also, the production. Movies are supposed to transport us to worlds. This one transports us to a soundstage and a lot of CGI. Now, Peter Jackson famously built a massive set atop of a mountain for Lord of the Rings just so his actors could get into character. Here in King Kong, they feel like they're doing motion capture for Madden 15 for Xbox. <laughs> it fucking feels fake. Also, the length. I never check out this metric when I look up a movie to go see. An 89-minute Al Pacino thriller from the 80s can feel like an eternity. I get it. But this film is just too long. It takes too long to get going. The middle is just a series of battles with CGI monsters. Also, King Kong is neither scary, nor dramatic, nor funny, nor epic. It is a movie, and it is a tale without purpose. It is also a movie that no one was clamoring to be remade. It is a classic movie in the sense that people who love movies talk about it, but it is not 
in our zeitgeist of something we watch every year when we get together with our family. It's just this thing that lingers out there. And for these reasons, I believe this movie should be sent to jail. Hopefully one day... That is the best description of the original King Kong I've ever heard. Thank it's you. just something that lingers out there. And I, I would, I, this should be sent to jail for a reason, because one day Peter Jackson will not make a movie to uh, get his effects company paid. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, we, I, I, I'm, we, very, we I'm very emotional. Right <laughs> I was going to say, I've never seen the prosecution so Is this exasperated. because those special effects guys that couldn't... Uh, Blade Runner didn't pay? exasperate you as much as King Kong did. That's my... I, I, I see the floor. <laughs> <laughs> He's dr- taking a drink of water. He's, it's a very hot courtroom. We're apparently... Uh, in a, in a Could we breath. take a five-minute recess? <laughs> Do you need that? Well, approach. I'd bench. like to splash some water approach in my face. <laughs> Hold on, I'll come to the bench. <laughs> Your Honor, I need five minutes. Oh, talk, talk to me about what you need. Let's just I just need to put... What you guys talking about? <laughs> I'm going to walk back to where I sit. So I have found that a nice way to, to begin these proceedings is to move through the movie chronologically, but that would take... <laughs> a very long time. Um, so Over three hours. <laughs> Might I suggest we take it by act? Dateline, 1932, the Depression. We're going to put on a show. <laughs> News on the march. The stock market crashed and New York goes gaga for theater people. <laughs> well, I'll say that I have no problem. I, with I see the floor. <laughs> With the, I'm I'm going to be interested in in your uh, in era court and when you when you attack the era attacking the era on its own just as an era will be easier than than his choice to use it as an era. I think it's uh, a completely legitimate choice to set this in the 30s for many reasons. One of them being one of the one of the things I like about this movie, although not always employed perfectly, is the movie love that kind of bleeds through this movie. It's made with a great deal of of love for movies, and I, I object. Think, you on object? What I object on the grounds that there are no good movies about movies except for the player. No, no, I mean it in the sense of, you know, that the Francois Chiffot quote of I insist every movie be either uh, made with the, uh, the joy or pain of filmmaking behind it. I mean that he loves movies and it and it shows in so many aspects from the references that this movie makes from the idea to put it in in as a period piece because it's fun to look at people in period clothing and obviously that it's it, it's about a movie maker which Yes, Nicole, what's her last name? Naomi Watts. We're going to call her Nicole Kidman. Nicole Naomi. She's discount Nicole Kidman. <laughs> she's wearing a she's wearing a felt spittoon on her head. The, she brought I, her own wardrobe. Yes. Put a spittoon on my head. Why not? It's the 30s. You know the, you know what the kids of 2005 love? Broadway in the 30s. They couldn't, they're like, no, 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 not X-Men, not yet. No, give me 10 years before Superman versus Batman. Give me the 30s. We love depression era tales of theater gals just putting on a show. But that being said, I want to make a baby with uh, discount Nicole Kidman. I, <laughs> well, I, I'm going to get into I'm a in lot love of her with, performance with, later. She is fantastic. Jack Black is so great as Jack Black, <laughs> but he is horribly miscast is, in this. The setup of the movie is obscene. It is so terrible and so unbelievable. He actually says, will there be boobies? Are you fucking kidding me? And then when he takes off with the print of the movie, which is not the negative, but he steals it, it's just obscene. Well, in terms of this, going chronologically and talking about the first act, I mean, I had two really amazing analogies to use in starting with my argument. The seven-course meal analogy, 
and the chapter analogy. Now, the meal analogy was basically going to compare this movie to a seven-course meal with some courses better than others, blah, blah, blah. But I'll go with the chapter one because there are, there are three distinct chapters in this movie. And I will conveniently skip the first chapter <laughs> and go right to the second chapter. I object. Their arrival I object. on Skull Island. Your Honor, uh, we are in the beginning. <laughs> we are in the first act. A really good reason He's bringing a surprise witness. He's bringing <laughs> visual aids and to a conversation that has not happened yet. I want to talk about the setup. Here, here's what's interesting about, about the setup. A movie like this falls into a category with Jurassic Park and Titanic. These are event movies that are exciting to go to see on the big screen. They're exciting to kind of posse up, go with a group of people that you love that filmmaker. And it's this isn't like Fast and the Furious where it's just some big action movie. This is by like a respected director. It's, they're usually long. Like I, I said. object to that, no, man. I'm not. I'm not disparaging those movies. I'm. I actually don't mind some of the Fast and Furious movies, but I'm saying that there's a there's a certain type of movie, and it is. Jurassic Park, Titanic, there's a trick to these movies in that you cannot announce your monster or your dinosaur. You can't announce them in the first 10 minutes. You can't announce them in the first 20 minutes. There is a trick that is required in these movies to make the first hour or so interesting. And this movie, of the three that I just listed, doesn't quite do that as well. <laughs> Peter Jackson has a specific and very good vision for many parts of this movie, but you can tell when he did not have a strong vision. And in that opening act, it's very labored. He is trying, though, and it is full. <laughs> it's just full of kind of the wrong things, and it speaks, you know, I think when he saw King Kong, he said, I have all these ideas of how to update King Kong. I want to make it big and epic. And when you got into it, it's like, there's not a whole lot of story in King Kong especially in the first act. Well, also, we are in an era now, and I'll go back to my Joseph Campbell point. You know, in the first act, she meets with Jack Black, and he says, you got to come with me to make this picture. I forget why. I don't even care anymore. But she denies the call, which is one of the parts of the Cambellian hero with a thousand faces. We've seen this in lots of movies. I don't know, better movies like Star Wars. You must come with me to Mos Eisley. And he's, no, I'm a moisture farmer, whatever the fuck they do. And then... Conveniently, a minute later, Luke is on his quest. But she is in a coffee shop, and it's basically she denies the call. And then a minute later, goes, "You know what? I will go with you." And and it's speaking to a larger point, which is we need to move past this. You know, Michael Bay at least gets it. The characters never go. I don't think I'm going to go up on that rocket ship and attack that meteor that's going to hit Earth. His his movies begin with "Fuck yes, let's go." So get her on the boat. No, but the fact that it takes a long time to get to Skull Island and to see King Kong is not in and of itself the problem. Like I proved, Jurassic Park works wonderfully, I think, because the T-Rex scene shows up at the exact right time. Jaws, obviously, works because we don't see the shark. And those movies would not be good if we saw the stuff too early. And by the way, Michael Bay's stuff is not good to suggest that he gets it or that he somehow has the secret sauce to storytelling because he gets right to it. I object to that that line of reasoning. Can you address your on line what, of reasoning? On what, on what grounds? <laughs> on the grounds know. that you're, you're, you're suggesting that because Michael Bay cuts to the chase in his stories that somehow that is inherently better. And I think if you look at Titanic, if you look at the history, the, the legacy of the movies... This, this is not thing, Titanic. That this thing... Well, but and if this is, is Jurassic Park, how does Jurassic Park begin? There's a cold open. There's something to excite you. This movie begins with a montage of New York circa 1932... The depression. Okay, well, show we're, business. Let's no, no, no. Both sides rest. We're gonna. This is a long movie, and <laughs> can I go back no, to no. casting? No, um, I will agree that it takes a very long time to get into Skull Island. It takes a good hour. So let's fast forward forty-five minutes. 
We've now arrived on Skull Island. What is our takes on on? It'll on be whoever finds movie. it on their document first. <laughs> it's a race to find your note. I need to get to my notes because I wrote the kid is fucking reading Heart of Darkness. I fucking get well, it. That's, Subtle. That's probably gonna. Be Where's the motherfucking <clears throat> giant monkey? Oh, so minute, minute, minute 57. Minute 57. Oh, thank God the movie has finally Damn. started. <laughs> well, minute. as I would say, you know, read, you know, if this is a book and it's chapters, read the cliff notes for chapter one and start Fast forward. and go right in and read chapter two. I don't, I don't think it's a, like you said, you I don't, know I don't want to see the monster, but there is nothing interesting that happens in the first act. There is literally a montage of boat dudes doing boat stuff. And I will prove that. Chapter two has enough in it to render the mediocre first act harmless. Because my point is that it doesn't matter that it's long. It's matter that he didn't fill it with the right stuff. Its length is not the problem. So chapter two, as they arrive at Skull Island and all the Skull Island stuff, is when Jackson finds his footing. This is the meat of the movie. It's about an hour and a half of wall-to-wall action, but importantly interrupted by the quieter scenes between Kong and Anna, which I'll get to in a second. Now, when we get to see the, the special things that Jackson is doing with Watts and their relationship, you see where, where Jackson, what attracted him to this material besides being able to take on moviedom's premier creature. We also get in this section Kyle Chandler, who anyone knows puts any movie up a notch. They arrive on an island, and they are quickly met by um, the orcs of the island. <laughs> also, technical note, that spooky scene is over-cranked slow-mo, which means they didn't actually shoot it slow-mo. They decided later, and it's, it, it looks weird. It looks really bad. But and there is that great sequence where the guy javelins from rock to rock to get to the boat. That's a pretty... Yeah. Well, because this is the, the section of the movie where, like I said, Jackson starts to find his footing. He is now, comfortable in this. He's comfortable. He gets to a land of pure fantasy, and as we know, this is where he, he knows what to do. Now, the ship scenes aren't excellent. Once they get to Skull Island, the accident has a great shot of Jamie Bell on that, not Crow's whatever that's called, the crow's nest. And it's got the, sh- the great shot of the, the guy kind of pogo. What's not pogo stick? What is that? Not a javelin. javelin. No, that's, a, that's it's the thing you throw. It's long a, jump, high jump. It's a long pogo javelin jump. The boingy boingy. Curly. But the island looks great. It draws you in. Except I didn't quite understand what the people on the island were doing. They were feeding this woman because she gets to the nest and he's eaten other... Uh, women who are wearing the feathered thing they put around her neck. Yes. I have a good idea and for those people on that island. Sacrifice. Leave the fucking island if there's <laughs> not just giant apes, but right. dinosaurs. Maybe build a raft and get the fuck out of there. <laughs> I, it, it, I, I, what what is the purpose of staying on that island? I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but. It, that's when the real clunkiness of the script comes in, when they're like, we're leaving in 24 hours. Like, yeah, we know the ticking clock. We, we, we all get it. And uh, the section with the dinosaurs, it was J- Jurassic Park. I literally said aloud, welcome to Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> there's no majesty. By the way, there, are, there is a, the coach, an actually... The coach from Friday Night Lights machine guns a dinosaur. It just felt wrong. Like, they're majestic, beautiful... And then he's killing, like, brontosauri who are... Oh. That is my absolute favorite scene of any movie ever created by a human is when they are conveniently in that gulch, that high-walled terrain, and they're running from the brontosauri, who are not aggressive dinosaurs from my minimal knowledge of they're not. They're, it's a stampede. It's a yeah. stampede. And it's basically Jack Black and the guy from Friday Night Lights on fucking treadmills in front of a green screen. Well, Ryan. And, and <laughs> Peter Jackson screaming at them going, This creature's on your right! Now look to your left. There's a creature. It's like, 
It is the most absurd. <laughs> uh, is this supposed to be scary? Because I've seen the Velociraptor chase scene in Jurassic Park. I've seen the the, the attack of the T Rex. It's impressive. This was hilarious, and I don't think he intended it to be. I Actually, think in general, he 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 has a tendency to lose perspective a lot on these giant mammoth sequences and chunks of movie. It happens in especially happens in the Hobbit movies. It started to rear its head in Lord of the Rings, but I think to a certain degree, sometimes he loses perspective on the whole. He falls in love with these giant sequences and doesn't realize that he's got maybe four too many. Well, but I'll, I'll take it because there's something he does that I like that some filmmakers do, and Peckinpah used to do this as well, and... He, I object. Like you just, said, I just object. Like you said, <laughs> on no grounds. But I, you said peck and sustained. <laughs> no, but no, he continue, does. Kyle. He does something great where he can't help himself. And like you said, he he. There's creatures. A, look to your left. There's a creature <laughs> now on your right. There's a Jack Blake. Ick more. Ick more scared. There's, you're running and there's creatures. It was so absurd. But the the, the idea of there's a lots sorry. of ideas for the in in these sequences that are quite good. And and this action scene actually goes on forever and i think in a good way it starts with a stampede you have the stampede scene which actually doesn't have as many bad shots as i remembered in it and there's also some great shots in it when they when the, the camera kind of finally pulls back and they're going on the edge of the cliff and the dinosaurs start falling over then they're then it's interspliced with a bad jamie bell running on a treadmill shot but then the the tumbling over into the the dog dog pile is fun the, the next dinosaur sequence, I think, has a lot less bad shots in it and is very well done. And the one with Naomi where the, where the T-Rexes are chasing her. She's this one has a little more flawed, but this one is still fun, I think. <laughs> <laughs> where are the cars that change into robots? That's all I want. Oh, by the yeah, way, the, I mean, this the, section also has the, the sacrifice scene, which is really fun and very well rendered. And, and there's a nice call, call to Jurassic. I mean, by the way, Jurassic Park, I mean, Jackson knows what he's doing. There's tons of references in this movie to... To Spielberg, I mean, I think when the DP gets killed by the Velociraptor, that's that's not only a Jurassic Park callback, that's a Jaws callback. Kong's arrival with the moving bushes is kind of a Jurassic Park thing. Jackson is constantly referencing other movies in this, and, and his own style. Which better is, movies. Which is great. But the sacrifice scene, I don't think could have been done any better than it was. The way that they crane her, you know, they they project her down in front of Kong, the way Kong arrives. Her scream is ex her scream is just as good as Fay Ray's. Mm-hmm. Naomi Watts does the best looking off screen acting I have ever seen in a movie in this movie. Every time she's looking at him lovingly or terrified. But I, I notice you're talking a lot about dinosaurs, a lot about Jurassic Park. It's referencing other things. The star and the title of the movie is King Kong. And, and you, you meet him three hours into the movie, and where's his penis? <laughs> well, though it is amazing that he has no penis. You know what? Yeah, yeah. I looked it up. It's hard to see their penises. He's based on a a, a gorilla, and that you don't you don't normally you don't see, see it. So I, I love what they did in the in till the end of the world or whatever where they that would have been a bit of information that I should have brought. To the day That's okay. Them. I do my own research. <laughs> I am my own judge. I'm in. So did he want to fuck her or were, were they friends? Well, I didn't it's get a the very nature. interesting about sort of male inarticulation in the face of uh, female <laughs> beauty and how she tells him no and he. he Breaks everything up. He's Stanley Kowalski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's Stanley Kowalski. Now, yeah. if they had a love scene, me. Well, let's get into that. And Ryan, Ryan, I think wanted to segue into Kong. So let's let's get into Kong. And wh- I, I started my opening remarks with the only thing he had to get right in this movie was Kong. And I don't think you could argue, except for the omission of his penis, <laughs> that he did not render Kong 
perfectly. There are no bad effects with Kong. The combination of the effects and what he, how he employed those effects and Andy Serkis's performance and especially Naomi Watts's performance in those makes this movie. I literally lean up whenever she is on camera and I, and I lean up whenever she's on that cliff with him and there's those beautiful shots of slow motion of his of her in his hand as they're running. All those shots on the on the cliff with with them are, are really well done. And both Kong's expressions when he's communicating with her and and whenever he's fighting those dinosaurs on her behalf. Uh, it was very well done. I, I felt like he was a real character. But I think the trouble with the story goes back to the original stories. I mean, there it, it is a love triangle between a woman, an ape, and someone else. And in this story, in this case, it is the very talented but insanely miscast Adrian Brody, the annoying playwright writer. I wondered if Jackson intentionally wanted us to root against Adrian Brody in this movie. I didn't know really who to root for because he was a kind of a an un- unlikable, uninteresting, boring character. And he kind of becomes the hero, though Friday Night Lights guy is the one who says, I'm out of here, I'm a movie star, and then shows up with a machine gun at the end. So he has some sort of Han Solo-esque Campbellian, <laughs> shows up at the end. I just rewatched Star Wars, so it's, it's fresh in my memory. Um, he really, there's no story there. And it made me look at the original source material, which it's really nothing there. There's no, she goes to an island and kind of, befriends a monkey who falls for her, but the stakes are you're a monkey and I'm a woman. It's not going to work. There's not enough time spent with them. The The stakes are absurd. It's just we need to run from T-Rexes because they're going to... Mm-hmm. They want to eat you for some reason. But I wasn't looking for... You know some complex relationship between them. The whole point of it is, is that that she connects with this animal, that she she finds a tenderness for him, she she finds a sympathy for him, and and they find a way to communicate across the special gap. And I don't. I, that's all you needed to do with it. You didn't need to spend any more time with her. Her realizing how to pacify him, then her getting chased by the dinosaur, and then you know that great shot and that great scene when when he starts to fight the T-Rex and she kind of backs up, you know, sort of picks the guy that she wants to protect her and, and goes between his legs and then, and then she, he goes and fucking kills the shit out of that dinosaur. And then he's like all mad at her and she says, wait, and he puts her on her shoulder to run. I mean, all that stuff is exactly, I think, pretty much exactly all it had to be. And you knew when she is then sort of sleeping next to him up on the cliff that when Adrian Brody comes, shows up, I know she's going to go with Brody. It's not like I think, oh, no, she's deciding to stay here and set up <laughs> set up house with That with would be Kong. A, a more interesting movie. She's like, move along. But I, I got like, it. Like, like, then, Allen, like, now you've, got, dialogue, now you've right? got me interested. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to hang back. I'm going to stay here. And he's like, huh? And then he's got to fight to get her back. So, Kruger, I, I, yes. like, to, I like to ask this question of both sides. Yes, please. Um, and we're watching right now the the fight between King Kong and the two T-Rexes. Did you enjoy this scene? Just yeah, it was, in it and was, of itself. Yes, it was well done. It, 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 it Like Jurassic Park, it did make a lot of sense. Like, why don't you put her down? Why hold her? She did not get a scratch. I mean, he must have just broken every bone in her body, which is a buy. I get it, but it makes sense. They did make an effort to make sure that he wasn't, you know, that he was holding it and and rolling in a way that she didn't get crushed. Yeah, but then they they fall down a thousand feet into a bunch of vines, and she's whipped around. It, it's fine. I mean, it's it's a well done sequence. I, I'm not poo pooing it, but it's one of nine thousand just. <laughs> CGI fighting monster scenes, which is fine. I'm not opposed to that. But 
with the hours set up. That's the other thing I wonder, too. If he spent so much time on this sequence, because it's nearly flawless, that maybe some of the other ones he just didn't have it in him. <laughs> like well, the, the brontosaurus chase. Like, uh, you know what, guys? I'm wore out by this T-Rex. You guys just figure this and out. It's because very, I it's can't a, do this again. You know, we, we get into this discussion a lot with these movies because we're dealing with sort of movies that are on the fringe of are they great or not. And this movie, of all the ones we've talked about, is very editable into a much tighter movie there's a nice little journey of hers built into her that even in if you edit this version works she is down on her luck obviously and she's looking for something she unexpectedly finds this amazing connection in her life that she was not was not on the horizon for when the movie began and by the end of the movie she's she's gone through something and it's mostly a name we want performance that we see a lot of that because she's so game for the the action stuff and, but she's so naturally gifted at, at, at making us care about her. I was trying to remember my movie-going experience with this movie. I remember the crowd going, <laughs> apeshit, going cr- aw- loving this scene and, and cheering both when they sort of first collided and then when he finally kills him. So I don't remember the crowd hating this movie. I, don't, you know, I, I think people were constantly forgiving it, its flaws because it had so much else going for it. Yeah, okay, so let's uh, now let's move into our discussion of uh, the New York section of this movie. Yes, they moved to New York, and you were reminded, oh, Adrian Brody's in this movie, and he's <laughs> the real love interest, I think, and he's writing a play for her, but Jack Black, Spectacle, the uh, P.T. Barnum, we're going to go see an ape down on 32nd Street in Broadway, but no backup plans in case he... He escapes. Just you have a monster. I don't know. Why don't you go out to like a silo somewhere in the Midwest? Like, no, we're we're taking Kong to fucking Midtown. Well, How mean, do he, they get him in that theater? Well, in the I mean, first why? Place? Why? I mean, it was hard enough to get him the, from wherever the fuck they were to. But the know, traffic alone to, to, with to a, New York, with a fucking forty. Well, I feel like you get him to Ellis Island, you get him to signed up in there, and then you get him on. You're like, let's just keep him in Manhattan to do the show here. I don't want to, you know. Eventually, I want we'll that get, thing you know. in the Bronx until it's showtime, <laughs> and I want him there for rehearsals and tech. I mean. I, the, there are very strong unions in the theater. They would be like, what are we doing now? Uh, we have like a 75-foot <laughs> monkey that we're going to chain up. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're going to do, a, you know, Busby Berkeley's uh, Gold Diggers at 33. Fuck you. Yes, well, here's, we're not even at the third act yet as we're watching it, and then we're talking about it. And then it, you are right. The, the, the Hearts of Darkness... You know, he, he does overreach in the second act. And that's why what's Whoa. interesting about the third act is the third act actually has... Kind of the least wrong with it in some ways. It's it's it's, I it's finally on track. I mean, there, the I entire I would argue that the entire Jamie Bell side story could have been and should have been cut out of this it's movie. Editable. What is what is the Jamie Bell? Who he is Jamie sneaks, Bell? He's ordered by the captain to stay on the boat. And not go oh, to that's the Jimmy. Yeah. They literally named a character Jimmy and killed him off. <laughs> yeah, I know. What, what? Jimmy, I told you to Jimmy, stay on the boat. Jimmy, get over there and get on the boat. See, we're going to do a thing with the monkey. See? <laughs> Edwin G. Rod, the little man up here, tells me that we got a good thing with this monkey. We're going to make some real bucks off that. This is 2005 when this piece of shit came out, right? Come on. Have fun People with the genre. Like that in 2005, in 2005 yeah, we were yeah. obsessed with the Depression era <laughs> New York Broadway scene. There's a lot to argue against this movie for the first maybe two thirds of it, but once they get to New York. It, it's sort of like my problem with Castaway, which is the movie begins for me when he returns. That's interesting. Um, I, I thought there was a movie there with a woman, and it's, it's, un, it's love that cannot be. And if you're going to go down that path, 
That's when the movie begins. I, I wrote a bunch of times in my notes that the Coen brothers should have directed this movie. They would have done some. Kong would have talked, and he would have. It would have been Billy Bob Thornton's voice going. But or, I think, or, the reason- or Stanley Kubrick should have directed it. Like, find the interesting. On, on rec- uh, love that cannot be that is that is in the story, but it it wanted to be Jurassic Park, it wanted to be Titanic, and those aren't great movies, but they are popcorn entertaining movies. They know how to do it. They know how to begin with a bang and then slowly back up and blah blah blah. Or um, Titanic, yeah, let's have the hottest dude in the world fall in love with an aristocratic woman, not a. Adrian Brody? What? Who, who who passed the last moment that they're like, fuck it, Brody? <laughs> I mean, she's great, but there's Jack Black. He's a funny guy. He's funny in little movies, School of Rock. He's not Cecil B. DeMille. So, Kyle, any uh, comments regarding the climax of this movie before we move into closing statements? Well, like I said, I, I think of all the chapters, you know, I think the second chapter is the most fantastic. When they get to New York, like I said, there's the least to argue with about this section. It's probably about 45 minutes long. After he breaks out, I think when he's causing mayhem through the snowy streets after he initially breaks out of the chains uh, is some really fun mayhem. And there are two or three of these shots in this movie that we really didn't even talk about. It has, an, I think, an iconic shot of her in the middle of the street walking towards him, sort of announcing, here I am, to him and calming him down. And it's this beautifully shot scene that... Naomi is excellent in, and 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 the Beast is is as, as usual very well done in it. By the way, you kind of mentioned the Coen Brothers, which I would love the Coen Brothers to do any any movie. But there's an earnestness to this that I think is I I always welcome in movies like this. Well, these are very hard things to do. These sort of epic, we have to get the crowd into the theater. Spielberg is very good at it. Peter Jackson with good material can really knock it out of the park. And I think this goes back to. The original material is not that good. And it's also a movie that has the line, follow that ape. A human being in a film (laughs) got into a cab in the third act and said, follow that ape. That must be a lift from the original, right? Someone should be um, beaten with a cane until they pass out from from pain. uh, (sighs) That's a terrible line. There's a number of lines that they play in this movie that are directly and intentionally lifted from the original because they're so cheesy, like lines like, follow that ape. But yeah, this is the perfect. But I, 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 I want Peter Jackson to take this and reinvent it. I think we've seen the original, we've seen the remake. Now it's 2005, and you have the technology to not have a giant furry hand practical that picks up Jessica Lange. You can do something original, and you know we know the ending. We know what's going to happen. We've it is ingrained in our culture. So do something different. Like have them have them get out of the World Trade Center or, or the Empire State Building and run off to Canada and you know <laughs> raise fucking alpaca together. And, and Adrian Brody becomes a big star, but then realizes I got to track down my true love, and he's got a battle Kong somewhere in Alberta, Canada, where she and him have figured out how to make love very carefully. <laughs> a lot of lubricant. You know, I, I just, I went, yeah, he's going to fall out. The, mach- the planes are going to come, and, and then he's going to fall. And Jack Black literally says, Twas beauty killed the beast. And you've watched this movie for three hours. There's no coda. There's no, she ended up fucking Adrian Brody, and they invented fucking pet rocks or something. Like, it, it is so much preparation and absolutely no age. It just ends. He just falls and they go, <laughs> well, that's it. That oh, it's my dad's favorite Okay, expression. so uh, why don't we begin our closing arguments here? Uh, Kyle, why don't you begin? 
Well, I think the question is, what do we lose if this movie is is in jail? I think we lose an excellent big screen monster. I remember all the stories about how he did this with Andy Serkis and the effects and everyone in that theater thinking that he nailed it. I think I think it's nice that King Kong is remade every once in a while and reminds us that in 1933 or whenever the original was made, that audiences flock to see the first big blockbuster big screen movie monster like this. And this is why we go to the movies. We go to the movies to see Peter Jackson have a dinosaur and King Kong fight in front of us. You know, I, I think the crowd really loved those scenes and that's why we go to the movies. Um, I think we lose a performance by one of our best actresses doing some of her best work in a big, fancy Hollywood movie, and this is how we need to see our movie stars sometimes. And you lose the Andy Serkis thing, which, like I said, when this movie came out, that was a big deal on how they were doing this. I know they had already kind of done it with Gollum, but this is an important chapter in movie making. And I think we would lose an uneven but undismissible movie from an important 21st century director in Peter Jackson. All right, the defense rests... Now the prosecutor, your closing statement, sir. I feel like it was a movie that did not need to be remade or reimagined. If you want exciting CGI thrills, watch Jurassic Park. It is well-crafted, but not entertaining, and it's because the story is flawed. I don't think the original is that exciting, and I don't think this is that exciting for current audiences. And it's it's hampered by its obsession with the Campbellian myth an obsession with keeping it in its original time period, which is not really accessible to audiences of our current time period. And if you want a good monster movie, watch that Korean movie, The Host. It's fucking fantastic. I've seen it three times. It is unbelievably well done and entertaining. And it's a real journey of a character. We have been usurped by the Koreans. Once again. Once again. And you're going to rest on that? I will <laughs> rest on that. All, all hail the Koreans, <laughs> south and north. <laughs> this was an interesting movie to, to bring up for trial. If I was the prosecutor on this case, the biggest problem I have with this movie is editing. There is a potentially brilliant movie in here if you lop 45 minutes off of it. I think, and this goes back to if I had been the defense attorney talking more about two things. A, Andy Serkis's performance, because there are points in this movie that King Kong brings you to tears easily. And that's why I, was, I kept bringing up the Empire State Building section. That is a hugely impactful and emotional scene when he finally falls off, much more impactful than the original. It is a it is a monumental it just moment. Just like a turd falling off of a. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but here it's an, an incredibly emotional moment. Um, so two things: the New York section and Andy Serkis's performance. I think the Achilles heel of this movie is the first hour. It takes forever to get going, and I think one of the biggest problems with Jackson in general, he falls in love with the process. He doesn't want to let go of anything. It's unfortunate because that T-Rex and King Kong fight is one of the most exciting sequences ever put on film. Unfortunately, you've endured so many enormous sequences that it's it's a little bit undercut, as is the entire New York section. I feel like there's a little fatigue by the time you get to New York that is unfortunate because that section alone is so impactful and so effective but by that point you're already itching in your seat you're you're you know you're moving around in your seat you're already impatient um i think the rhythms of this movie are all off there were 
a number of decisions that were made on Jackson's part that ultimately make this not an impactful movie. I am finding with the prosecution on this case, um, I'm sorry, Andy Serkis, you gave a tremendous performance. King Kong is incredibly moving, but we're putting you in prison, sir. King Kong, uh, the bailiff will show you to your cell. And... <laughs> Again, we have not shackled this giant animal. <laughs> you made properly. the mistake again. You'd think we would have learned. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, is there anything in closing that you would I, like to say? I'd like to point out that Jurassic Park is 127 minutes. While no, no, not a masterpiece by any sense of the definition, but this, oh, this movie is three hours and eight minutes long. I Sans d- credits. I did disagree with one point. You kept harping on this notion of of why did they make it a period setting. I understand totally why they made it a period setting, and I think that's actually one of the benefits of it. The fantastical elements of Kong and Skull Island himself and New York in that period actually really helped this movie. I think one of the problems with the 77 King Kong is it's worse than a claymation King Kong. It's a dude in a suit and crawling around uh, giant sets. In In a modern setting, it just did not work as well. Also, Jeff Bridges' beard. Yes, it's pretty. Yeah, bad. the '70s one is. I mean, it doesn't work on any level, really. Well, I think that goes to the point that you agreed with that the first act is way too long, and you yeah. you sit in this time period. So if it had just gotten to the island, and you're like, yes. oh yeah, they're in the '20s, and and that's what I mean, and that's what I fall. Also, the with movie generally. thing gets completely abandoned. You know, Jack Black is filming all of this for some epic yeah. uh, monster movie he's making, but then... Well, his film gets ruined. Well, his and that's the most unfortunate ruined. part, because the, the New York sequence is playing right now. There is some amazing stuff we're just yeah. watching. I know. And what's unfortunate is that you are fatigued by the time you get to this. And had they lopped off 40 minutes from that, I think we'd be talking about this movie as a modern classic. More than any of the movies we've talked about, it's very editable because there's not like there's stuff that you can cut around. Oh, this. totally. And isn't you were talking about him? You know, he, say, he, Jimmy, he are you reading Hot yeah. of Darkness? Yeah, just by take all that out. Yeah. I told you not to come on the island, Jimmy. No. But also shows you like Cameron and Spielberg. Spielberg more so in his in his in his real prime in, in sort of seventies, eighties, and into the into the nineties. The real key to some of these event movies and into action movies that are the best of the best is the storytelling between the action scenes. If you think about yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark, for instance, or Jaws, I mean, even as a kid, some of my most my favorite scenes of those movies aren't necessarily the action scenes. And it was because he was so good at telling a story with those characters, not just in the action scenes. You think about the love scenes in Raiders of the Lost Ark, or you think about the funny little comedy scenes in it. You think about the kid mimicking his dad in Jaws, or... Jackson doesn't have even the Lord of the Rings movies and the Hobbit movies. I mean, some of those movies start well, with this half became, hour. I feel like of, King Kong you know, was a harbinger of, of what was to come with those Hobbit movies, which are about nine hours too long. I feel like. Well, he, and it's not the length again. It's not the length as much. No, as but it, it's it's he doesn't know. You know, I, I think about Ian McKellen walking into those huts all the time and and laying out those beginnings of those movies, and it's just there's nothing clever he's ever doing with the script craft-wise or right. the way he's telling the story. I mean, and again, I, I like spending time in Jackson movies, but he's... Whereas you look at Spielberg in his prime and how good he was at telling the Raiders a story and how good well, he was at telling the story. I mean. Or Cameron, I, how good that he was, was telling different. Terminator. I know? feel like those guys knew from beginning to end what they were doing, and I don't fault Jackson with this. He makes a huge movie, and what he fails at is I feel like at some point he loses objectivity 
and just doesn't want to lose anything. Yeah. He's like, no, we worked for six weeks on this sequence with the brontosauruses. Even though it's so clear to me that it needs to go out of this movie, I worked too damn hard on it. It's staying in here. And there is something about that that I like. Phil, you know, and I mentioned that, and I'm going to say the word you name, say Peckinpah. But I, <laughs> I do object. Like, well, I even won, and you know, I'm still objecting. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> I like when filmmakers can't help themselves sometimes because it just it just shows their passion, and, and so sometimes I won't fault them for it, even if I'm not enjoying what they're doing. All right, gentlemen. Um, if nobody has anything else to say this court is dismissed thanks folks movie court movie court would you don't know what count it off peas um three two one when you don't know what to do and you don't know what to say, everybody go. Ah, ma, 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 